And China will not become a pot of refugees, like partly in Europe and America. They have to handle their own issues first. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Hello guys and welcome to the next episode of Dragonfolio China. My name is Eric and today I will finish up this welcome series by talking about the last important reason why you should care more about China. And honestly, I didn't plan to come up with this reason in the first place because I simply didn't think of it. But living in China for the past month and studying further content about history and future development of both China and the globe, I realized there is another extremely relevant issue. It is super important and while I was elaborating on this, I couldn't believe it didn't come into my mind in the first place. Not only is it very obvious, but perhaps also the most crucial issue among all of the six reasons that I mentioned here in this kickoff series. So what is it? It's of course global peace and stability. From a historical point of view, you can maybe say that we live in a world right now that has never been safer before. So it's unlikely that things escalate in a way that would really cause millions of deaths, which was a scenario that was not so uncommon throughout the past centuries, right? But who really guarantees that this status remains? Well, primarily those countries with an above average influence on trade and economy, those nations with vast armies and powerful weapons, and of course those countries which are involved in military affairs and geopolitical tensions already. And guess what? China fits into all of these three categories. This is not the only important aspect, however. The world is changing rapidly. You have on one hand a lot of conflicts in many places. If I think about the Middle East, where it looks right now like more countries than ever and more con more ethnic groups than ever hate each other and where you have a lot of potential for violent outbreaks and partly already civil wars like in Syria right now. And on the other hand, you have many parts in the world, especially Africa, that have to cope with enormous population growth. So they have to overcome a lot of obstacles to manage this growth somehow and to steer it into the right direction. Many people in those regions already left their homes very recently, some just looking for work, some really came over as so-called refugees, escaping from war, there are different reasons. But one thing is for sure, Europe so far did a miserable job overall integrating them. And even if they would have done a good job and it would be successful, of course, this is not a solution for everyone. And China has certainly a different approach. For years, the country actively tries already to develop all these emerging and developing parts of the world. And how do they do this? They invest in these countries, but not only by lending money. They also try to provide knowledge and strategic guidance. So instead of donating capital, this is by the way what most Western countries often do, they just kind of donate it as part of foreign aid campaigns. But most of these campaigns 
are relatively inefficient due to poor resource allocation. It is assumed that only 10 to 20% of the money that is really spent as a donation really reaches the people who are supposed to receive it. So I think donating is generally a good thing. Don't get me wrong here, I donate as well. But, but in the way we do it in a large scale, thinking that it really helps countries to develop is often a very wrong way of thinking and doesn't lead really to a long-term and sustainable success. So instead of donating, you can try to invest it and develop countries. And needless to say, China first and foremost does this because of a certain self-interest. They want to receive some kind of return. But a lot of really fruitful collaborations and projects suggest that a lot of these measurements do indeed help economies though. And anyway, the question is, what is the alternative? Without proper support from the outside, and that means from developed nations, many countries will surely not be able to keep up with the rapid population growth which they have in the next decades. And this includes all kind of related economic, social and infrastructure challenges, which they are going to face for sure. By 2050, the population in Africa will have doubled and by the end of the century, five of the world's 10 largest cities will be in Africa, compared to only one right now. And nobody can absorb all these people. And so there must be a way to make space for these new people. That sounds a bit weird, but at the end, all these babies, all these kids, all these people that will that will make this continent so huge, not just in a geographic way, but also population-wise, they must live somewhere. So there must be enough living space and there must be urban development for this. And China will not become a part of refugees like, like it is partly in Europe and America. They have to handle their own issues first. And they are still an emerging country themselves. Of course, now at a totally different level than most African countries. And so one advantage is that China, not long ago, has gone through all this development. So they can also provide a certain expertise, especially how to build up infrastructure quickly and how to escape from poverty, how to build up an urban future with a large population because China itself notoriously is the country with the largest population in the world. So they know how to deal with this. And so they can provide a lot of value here for these countries. And so I think that China is a very important puzzle piece when it comes to a controlled rise in the developing world. Just like the EU and America, China will never do this without gaining its own advantages. Because that is just how the game works. However, what China always does is to think long-term. So they have plans to integrate these parts of Africa, but also the Middle East and West Asia, sustainably into a global system, partly through the Belt and Road Initiative, which I mentioned earlier, but also in a general context. And while other nations, and this goes especially to Europe, while other nations try to keep Africa small for good reason, and I mean it exactly the way I say it, China is keener on developing them and simultaneously get their own returns from this growth. And European countries, they fear Africa, actually, because they know that Africa has so much potential. They see them partly as competition. They have no interest in many fields, and 
This is something we often don't talk about, which sounds really sad. But Europe has no big interest in a strong and too powerful African continent. And to my mind, China has a different view here. So now I talked about everything outside of China. But what we also must see that China is not a China is not only a major source for creating stability, but also for ensuring it. And what I mean by this is, or more negatively phrased, China itself could be a possible threat for global peace eventually, right? Because, I mean, China is so huge, and as I said, especially in terms of population. Imagine there would be a civil war in China. We don't talk about a few million refugees then, but about hundreds of millions who would leave. If we would have something similar, like the Cultural Revolution, which I think is highly unlikely right now, but if this would happen nowadays, in times of globalization, it would cause a huge chaos on this planet. So this is why we often have to understand that the priority one for China right now is stability. And I can absolutely understand this. It's just something where there would be no really reasonable solution. But of course, China is involved in a lot of tensions, but I think more globally. The most recent one would be the trade dispute with the US. And of course, you have several conflicts, for instance, in the East China Sea and the South China Sea. And I think if China would act very short-term oriented, make rash decisions or react too emotionally, then we might already experience a real trade war and a sharp economic downturn partly. But, well, first of all, China is not stupid. And secondly, they have a mentality which normally prevents them from overreacting. I'm certainly not claiming that China is an innocent lamb and everything they do is correct and moral, right? But I know enough about Chinese and their Confucius-based philosophy of solving problems to be not really afraid of that they would take inconsiderate steps that might really endanger global peace. And I'm going to talk about Chinese attitude and their mentality in another episode way more in detail. But for now, I want to add here that China, unlike most other global powers, have basically never started any war outside of their own borders and is not really known for violent approaches overseas. Please, if you have another opinion or you know some event or incident like this, let me know in the comments, but I'm not aware of it. And this is why I'm quite certain that China will not act as another world police or dangerously intervene in foreign affairs with dramatic consequences. This is not their style normally. In essence, what I'm trying to say here is, China is an important part of making sure that we have a smooth transition into a new world order. And the new world order is partly what I described earlier in this episode with the rise of the emerging and developing world. And only a stable China can on one hand guarantee that it is remaining safe itself and does not cause any global disaster. But on the other hand, only a stable China can also help other countries, which is so extremely important and absolutely necessary within the next decades. And I think this is just another important reason why it is increasingly important to understand China. 
And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Please, if you enjoyed the show, leave me a five-star rating on your podcast app and share it with other people. I think it's a really important topic and more people should listen to it. Thanks for that. And I'll see you in the next episode.